You're listening to the Joy Junkie Show podcast, episode 241. You can find information on anything referenced in this episode at thejoyjunkie.com slash 241. You're listening to the Joy Junkie Show, your source for getting your shit together in love and life. Wouldn't it suck if I really talk like that? I'm Mr. Smith. I'll be hanging out on the show with you guys. So without further ado, here's your host, life coach, speaker, all-around badass, just happens to be my beautiful bride, Amy E. Smith. Hello, my love. Hello, beautiful. How are you? I'm doing pretty good. I'm bursting at the seams excited. You are? I am. I, I, hopefully that's a metaphor. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. No. (laughs) Oh my gosh. I'm so excited. I'm just excited to give people the, the answers to get out of some of this stuckness. I really, I'm, I can't wait for you guys. I can't wait anyway, but why don't, why don't we pass the mic over to you for, for a minute? So here's a little segment we like to call. Would you rather, would you rather fart loudly and have everyone LOL at you, (laughs) or be the only one LMFAOing when someone else farts? See how I put that malingo in there? See how I threw it in? Oh my gosh. Okay, wait. I got so distracted by your malingo. (laughs) Okay, let me do it again. Okay. Fart loudly and have everyone laughing out loud at you. I feel like that's horrible. Or be the only one obnoxiously laughing, LMFAOing. Laughing my fucking ass off. Yeah, when someone else farts. Like, you'd be the only one laughing when someone farts. That, That one. You want that one? Yes. Really? Yeah. Like, I, uh, yes, I already call shit out all the time. Like, <laughs> that's true. I, I'm already like, did you fart? Oh my God, was that a burp? That's true. Oh, you're being passive aggressive. Ha ha. Like, I call. I didn't think about that when I set up this one, but that, that's exactly what you would do. I have no problem. Yeah. <laughs> like, I, in fact, I feel like this might have happened before. In my life. Really? Oh no, I don't doubt that, actually. <laughs> but I can't, I mean, imagine the hum, how humiliating it would be. To fart, and then everybody is like, ha, ha, laughing at you. I kind of like that, though. Like, I like it better than, I, I think it's more awkward to be the only one laughing when someone else farts. Like, everybody else is like, it's not funny, man. <laughs> I don't. It's not funny. Why are you laughing I at don't that? agree. I feel like farts are always funny. <laughs> That's true. And I would make you wrong for not laughing. <laughs> <laughs> Shame. Shame. <laughs> Boo. Boo. <laughs> oh my gosh. So you what would you rather then? You would rather I'd rather just like have this crazy fart and have everyone laugh. At I, you. Yeah. Because you feel like you could handle it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I just think it would be a funny thing to do. Oh my gosh. Well, I definitely would not pick that. I pick the other one. Someone the else L- LMFAOing. and then I die laughing. Okay. Like, that seems like a fucking hell yes to me. <laughs> it's an, and it's an app workout. That sounds like a really great Saturday night to me, right? actually. <laughs> <laughs> it 
gotta get ripped abs. Oh my you know? god, that's right. It's one way to do get it. Get those lower abs. <laughs> well, we would love to hear what you would rather, and we talk about this every single Monday, and it's hysterical. Over in my After Hours Facebook community. After Hours. <laughs> I gotta get one in. I just have to. That was perfect. <laughs> and I hate you. <laughs> so if you go to thejoyjunkie.com slash club, that will redirect you right over to the Facebook group. I do additional trainings every single Thursday, live, answering questions from the pod members and club members. And there's always extra resources and freebies and camaraderie. And we have really awesome conversations. So come over there and hang out. And on Monday, we always do a thread where we talk about the would you rather, and we would love to hear what you would rather. So be sure to come cruise over there. Well, I didn't even announce what we're talking about today, Oh, that's but right. let's talk about it. Let's do it. It is all around self-blame. And this is that inclination to always think, it must be my fault. I must have done something wrong. And in essence, what you're doing is you're taking a set of circumstances or situations and making it mean something about you. You're taking on all sorts of responsibility. Whenever your husband's upset, you go, oh my gosh, it must have been something I did or making it about you. Mm. And we don't do it from a arrogant egotistical place at all. In fact, it's usually the opposite. It's usually insecurity, self-doubt, lack of confidence. And I'm going to talk a little bit or about- people pleasing. Right. Where it might have come from. And if you have these certain set of circumstances in your use, how this might have crafted this way of being for you now. And then what you can actually do about it. Because as you know, I like to give you really tactical steps to start changing some of this shit. And this was a- topic that arose in the after hours community actually hmm. and it was one of the clubsters over there had asked about this we had been having a conversation about emotions and things like that and f- how we grew up and the messages that we received and she mentioned you know i have this situation where my mom always makes things about her and she shared this story where oh, yeah. she was packing up and moving into a new apartment after a divorce and her mom was helping her move. And as she was moving into this new apartment, her mom just breaks down and starts crying and saying, if I would have been a better mother, you would have never gotten divorced. And this listener was kind of going like, uh, why is this about you though? I don't need you to make it about you. I need you to support me kind of thing. So we're going to talk about this tendency to go, ah, it must be my fault and going into this self-blame place and what you can do to actually switch it. You know, that story just kind of makes me think, even though the mom broke down right, and had trouble being there for her daughter, it actually was an opportunity for her daughter to ask for support. She may have not asked for it before. That's right. Right? That's absolutely right, which you're jumping very Way far ahead. ahead. Oh, but I was hoping to segue. No, usually you're you're the segue king and you don't even realize it. But we're going to talk about that because there okay. is room for communication there. Got it. Huge, huge room for communication. Okay. So let's talk a little bit about where this can stem from so that you can excavate and look at where does this apply in my own life. Number one, it could have been modeled for you as a child. So this is a perfect example. example this listener who shared this in After Hours, she had that modeled for her from her mom. 
So Mm -hmm. all growing up, her mom would say shit like that, making it look like in all circumstances, I need to look at what my role in the matter is. Like, what did I do to cause this hardship? And what what you're really doing in essence is you're taking responsibility for shit that is not within your control. It's not your responsibility. So if you saw that modeled by your mom over and over and over again, of course you're going to adopt that sort of behavior. And what this club member was sharing was that she notices how she does that now with her husband. So if her husband is upset about something or frustrated, she immediately makes it about her in the sense that she thinks, Hmm. what did I do wrong? What could I have said differently? What could I, I, me, 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 me. And even though it's not a malicious intent, like you actually are trying to calm the storm. You want that person to not be upset. You want them to... Almost like you want to take the blame for them or like ease their troubles, ease their stress. Yeah. That's exactly right. So it's not necessarily coming from a malicious place. It's probably coming from a compassionate place, Mm -hmm. but it's not doing anything to aid in that relationship. It's probably not at all what they need in the moment. And it's also really unhealthy for your self-worth. Yeah. And to continue to assume responsibility for shit that is not your responsibility. Another way that this can manifest in your life is if you were actually told that you were responsible for things all growing up, or even in a past friendship or a marriage or a relationship where you had a partner who always said, well, it is your fault. And if you mm. wouldn't have done this... Yes. I wouldn't have to do this. Parents do this all the time. If if you were more like your sister, then I wouldn't have to be so hard on you about your grades. So it could be one of those two situations where it was either something modeled for you, you saw your parent always assume the blame for things, or you were told that you were to blame for things mm-hmm. and then kind of adopted that role in your future relationships, whether it's at work, assuming, oh my gosh, I must have fucked up. Uh, right. They must be mad at me. I'm going to get in trouble. Or in your interpersonal relationships, marriages, etc. Hmm. Okay. Now, this can also pop up in your world if you haven't forgiven yourself for something. And this is likely that you go into that assumption of, oh my gosh, I must have done something wrong. This is my fault in one particular category. So let's say you always harbor regret over something you did or didn't do in a past relationship, in in a marriage, let's say. That has since been terminated, and you always look back at that retrospectively going, I fucked up, I would do things totally differently, I am to blame for the failure of that marriage, I should have done X, Y, or Z, and you hang on to that. And then now in new relationships, you adopt that same mentality because you have not forgiven yourself for that particular scenario of your life. Mm-hmm. So now in these new relationships, you go, oh my gosh, it must be my fault, or I must have said something wrong, or I'm coming across awkward, okay. always going into that self-blame. All right? So what was modeled for you as a child, what was told to you was your fault, or something you haven't forgiven yourself for. There's two other additional places that this can stem from. The fourth place is a lack of confidence or self-worth. This can just be an overarching theme of 
I don't matter as much as other people or I don't believe in myself as much as other people. So it always comes back into a place of I must be wrong in some way because hmm. I'm not valuable as is. Yeah. That one's a much meatier topic and it can be sort of an umbrella that covers many different areas of your life. Mm-hmm. And this may just be one way that it manifests. Okay. Now, the fifth way. This is really interesting because it's quite noble. The fifth way that this can arise in your world is if you are just massively compassionate and empathetic by nature. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you, you're a helper. You love to come to people's rescue. You love to support people. You feel things intensely. And if you have a friend who's in pain, you feel their pain. Yeah, yeah. Even, yeah, very empathic people. Like just watching commercials will, right. you know, incite that feeling. Yeah. And so this comes from a place of really genuine, pure intent of wanting to remove somebody's pain. That you see somebody who is unhappy, upset about something, and you want to take that from them. You don't want them to have to have pain. So it's not always a really negative thing. It's not always that you had this horrible childhood or you saw something modeled by parents or grandparents or family. It could be that you just genuinely want to rescue you have a natural empathetic heart. And we'll talk about what to do about that if that tends to be you. So if you're going, gosh, Amy, I really do that. I always think I do- I've done something wrong, but I was never blamed as a kid. I-, I don't feel like I have all this past forgiveness I need to rectify. I don't feel like I was told it was my fault. It could be that you're just a highly sensitive person, or like I said, you were just genuinely compassionate. Now, of course, that sounds the sexiest of all of those. So I don't want you to go, oh, oh, that's what it is. I just have a really compassionate heart. You need to look <laughs> right. at the other elements. Are there any of those incidences that you haven't forgiven yourself for? Was there messaging or shit that happened as a kid? You don't get a free pass to go, oh, no, no, I'm just a highly sensitive person. So go through them all. Exactly. <clears throat> okay. And look for look for the truth there. Now, With all of those items that we just talked about, because of any number of those or a combination of them, now you've created a go-to behavioral pattern where somebody is upset, frustrated, maybe took their day out on you, whatever it might be, and your instinct is to make it about you and go, oh my God, what did I do? Are they mad at me? And adopting that responsibility. So what can we do about this? Well, first of all, You absolutely have to start with recognizing and acknowledging. So, for instance, this gal who mentioned this in After Hours, she now notices, I do that. I go into that place when my husband's upset and I go, oh my God, it must be my fault. Mm. I must have done something. Hmm. That is her first item of business. She's already starting to recognize when she makes it about her. Now, it's usually at the onset of somebody feeling or doing or saying something negative. And we assume that it's about us. So that's where you want to kind of look is in your relationships, whether it's with your boss, coworkers, colleagues, your children, spouses, family, whoever, there's usually a statement, a 
emotional feeling that's negative, like they're unhappy, they're pissed. Sometimes it's totally misdirected at you and you have to look at it and go, wait a minute, am I really at fault here? Or is that person just pissed and going through their own shit? Yeah. Right? But the first step is always going to be recognition. Oh my gosh, there it is. There's my inclination to make it my fault. Mm-hmm. Stop okay. and notice it. The second piece is to ask yourself a question. What are the facts of this situation? What are the okay. facts of the situation? Usually what it is, is that person just said something. I'm really upset. I'm pissed. I'm just really frustrated. I'm mad at you. Maybe they even said that. Or maybe it was something far more discreet, like a dirty look. And you take mm-hmm. that and you run with it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you make it all at like, or an inflection or a tone in somebody's voice. And you go, oh my God, let me read into that. <laughs> That's a, mine's a powerful thing, yeah. That's what leads me then to the second follow-up question, which is what am I making it mean about me. So let's say your husband comes home, he's kind of huffy and puffy, maybe he's is really short with you, like why why did you load the dishwasher like this? And that's the okay. fact. That's the statement that happened. Okay? okay. Then we go into what did I make that mean about me? I see. I see. That makes more sense. I was having trouble discerning which it's easy for us to make up truths. Right, right. right? Alternative facts, if you will. <laughs> and, and have something that we've made up and said, well, that's a fact. So kind of discerning between the two, the, the fact is he did say that. That's the fact. Right. How we interpret it is now how we're making it, right? That is the new cre- – that's our interpretation. That's our new truth. What, what, what are we inferring about that statement. I see, I see, I see. Okay. What are we implying now with that statement? Okay. Because that right there is the only set of facts. The facts are, he said, why do you always load the dishwasher this way? Or why are we loading the dishwasher like this now? And then you go into, oh, I never do anything right. Oh, what happened to his day? He's mad because I did this. I'm a horrible wife. He's not happy in our marriage. And then it just keeps going on and on and on and on. Right, right, right. When... The reality could be he's furious that he just got a flat tire. He's had a really rough day. He just got home. And it's his own crankiness that he needs to work out. And it got projected to you. And you immediately assumed responsibility. Okay. So step so far. Recognize. Oh, shit. I'm doing it. I'm making it about me. Number two, asking what are the facts here? And what am I, and then three, what am I making that mean about me? Now, this also works when somebody is saying something deliberately at you. Like, you always pick me apart about everything. That's the facts. And then what we make it mean is that they're right. Mm, Yeah. We just assume that that must be true. If that's how somebody's feeling, I must be hypercritical. I must be a horrible person. I'm always picking them apart. My issues that I have brought to them aren't valid. So what we make it mean usually is that that other person's feelings, thoughts, and behaviors are absolutely unquestionably true for us as well. I'm trying to think of an easy way to remember that. Recognize facts, you narcissist. 
No. <laughs> <laughs> Something like that. Like you recognize, look for the facts, and then what does it mean? What is it really meaning? And then the fourth item is get curious, connected, and communicate. And this is where the three C's. Right. This is where you start looking at what what's really happening here. So getting really curious, like what's happening over there? Not with me necessarily, but what's happening with my husband? What what's what's going on with him? Mm-hmm. Getting really curious and connected to that other person. It's about uh, when we went to coaching school, they would call this the level three and the level two. Level one is when it's all about you, when you're really thinking about yourself. Level two is when you're thinking about the other person. And level three is when you're thinking about the entire dynamic and the energy of the space. Mm-hmm. Okay. I like that. So how can you get connected back to that other person? and getting curious about what's happening to them, and then finally communicating about that. So let's take that scenario. Let's say he makes that snide remark, and then you communicate in that moment, hey, I don't know if I'm onto something or not. It feels like you've had a rough day, and that that came out really snarky. Are you really upset about the dishwasher right now? Or are you, is there other stuff going on? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And you communicate and you talk about it. Or you in those moments say, you know what? I'm just going to give you a little downtime and you go take some downtime and then come back to it and communicate and say, right. hey, babe, I feel like- a little hot in the moment, right? Exactly. Yeah. It depends on the nature of the intensity of the emotion. It really does. And the relationship. Right. The receptivity. Because Mm -hmm. when somebody's snarky and kind of pissed, they're usually defensive. And they usually want to go, no, it's actually about the fucking dishwasher. Why can't you do it? And then it's like, okay, hey, all right. I'm totally up to talk about this later. I don't feel like we're going to get anywhere right now Mm -hmm. with the hot-headedness. Right? (laughs) So you separate, give both of you guys some time to calm down, then come back and be like, babe, I just... I don't know what that was about. Yeah. If there's. We've if, had several occasions like that. Oh, totally. Yeah. Like where we're like, okay, you go your way, I'll go mine. And then we come back and we're like, wow, now that I think about it, that was way off base. Sorry about that. But you need the time to come down from that. You exactly. really, really do. Yeah. So, but you don't get to do what a lot of people do is once it cools down, sweep it under the rug and yeah. never address it again. Oh, God, I've done that so many times. And then it becomes habit. And now you have these standoffs, you make it all your fault, you go into the self-blame place, and then you guys never fucking talk about it. And you don't have them take any goddamn ownership over their role in the matter. And resentment loves to come into those situations. Absolutely. Resentment attaches to these fictitious stories that Mm -hmm. we tell ourselves. Yeah. It attaches to it. Because we just don't fucking communicate about it. That's right. Recognize, shit, I'm making it about me. Ask, what are the facts? What am I making it mean about me? And then finally get curious, connected, and communicate. It could be as simple as your boss is short with you or gives you a weird look in a meeting. And then you go into this crazy ass place. Oh my God. What did I did? You have to stop yourself and go, okay, wait a minute. What are the facts of the situation? The facts of the situation are Mary gave me a weird look during that meeting. Mm-hmm. What am I making it mean about me? That she doesn't like me, that I'm awful, that I'm this, that I'm that, 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 whatever, fill in the blank. 
Now I need to get curious, connected, and communicate. Okay, let me think. Wonder what her day is like. I wonder what she was thinking about. I wonder if that was a fucking twitch. I wonder what's going on in her world, how she feels about things. Then communicate. You need to go rectify it, figure it out. Go talk to Mary and say, hey, I noticed there was a little bit of a look. I just want to make sure we're all good. Did I completely make up that I saw something? When you actually communicate, you will be fucking surprised what that other person comes back with. You and I have done that so many times where you're like, no, not did I give you that look? Oh my gosh, I totally did not think so. Yeah, that was my RBF. I'm so sorry. (laughs) You're full of the malingo today. That's resting bitch face, by the way, for anybody who doesn't know. Oh my gosh, that is hilarious. And there's also an element here of getting curious and connected with yourself. And this is when somebody says, yeah, you know what? I am really upset with you. You did really fuck up or you this, that, and the other. In those moments when blame is being directed at you, that's also a chance for you to go, what am I making it mean? Most of the time, like I said a second ago, is that you're making it mean that that must be true. I must have been a dick. I must have been an asshole. I must be ill-intended. You can allow somebody, you can hear somebody out like that. Yeah. And still go, oh my gosh, that was not my intention at all. You don't have to necessarily apologize for something that you don't feel you did wrong. Exactly. Or if they're upset about something, like for instance, As I've shared many times, my mother and I have extremely different beliefs about politics and religion. So she comes at me and like, yeah, I think you are wrong. I think you did, you should go to church more, or I don't think you should have voted for whoever, whatever. Mm -hmm. In that moment, I have to go, okay, that's not my responsibility to make her happy. My apology there would discredit my self-worth. Yeah. It would discredit what I believe. So there will be times when you get met Mm. with a wide variety of reception. That's why I like to say it's about your intention, not your reception. If you have that conversation with somebody and your partner goes, oh my God, I can't believe I, I did that. That is totally on me. I am so sorry I said that to you. You might get that. You might get somebody going, yeah, you know what? I am pissed or I do think you handled that poorly or I do think you're at fault. All of those situations, regardless, your job is to find your truth. So that's where you have to get curious and connected to self. Yeah. And not just them, but getting curious and connected with yourself and go, wait a minute, am I unhappy with how I handled myself? Because other people, I can't tell you how many times people tell me I'm unprofessional because I cuss or talk about politics or whatever. I'm like, okay, bye. (laughs) Bye, Felicia. You know, like doesn't. I'm not interested in getting that person's approval. I'm interested in Amy's approval. Right. Period. Yeah. Yeah. It's a great way to put it. I'm hoping that this has been helpful for you to excavate a little bit of why, what might be tripping you up in, in this regard. There is room here for deeper work. I don't want to overstep that forgiveness is huge here. If there are issues from your past that you cannot move beyond, perhaps you blame your parents for how they brought you up or what they modeled for you. Maybe there's still a lot of blame towards an ex-partner. There's stuff that is really muddled in your past. Mm. And it's a lack of forgiveness either for yourself or for other people. 
it could be, I can never forgive myself for fucking up that job opportunity. And now that manifests in your work world, or it could be that you have not forgiven your father for how he raised you and how you're feeling the effects of that now in your interpersonal relationships. Sure. That needs to be handled. Sure. Oh yeah. Uh, you know, I'm a classic example of that. Yeah. I, I think that having the father that I had actually helped me grow into a better man I because so. I recognized those things and I saw those things and I changed those patterns. That's right. Consciously. Consciously. Mm-hmm. And, and I was young when I did it. I don't think yeah, maybe a lot of kids do, but at 16, you yeah. know, I'm like, okay, something's got to be different here. Yeah. So I think there's a chance, there's an opportunity to get Freudian on it. Right. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, I think looking back at those things, you can either accept them and look for change or you can blame and pass it off, right? Right. But you are you, and you are responsible for you. That's right. So no matter how you were raised, you're still responsible for yourself and your actions. That's exactly right. Right? So, so there's no excuses. But I love this kind of rundown of how to process those things before they become bigger issues. It's really good. And all is not lost. Like if you've noticed that you've done this pattern of behavior for the longest time in your marriage, like this example that the gal shared in After Hours, you can have a conversation with your partner and go, hey, I've really been noticing some stuff lately. Here's some of the things I saw modeled from my mom. And now I notice I do the same thing with you. You just call it out. Can you help me with this? Can you help me and say, babe, I don't need you to go into why it's your fault. I need you to be a support for me. Yeah. Like, can you start creating harmony with that partner to help you with this sort of behavior? To break to those patterns. Break the pattern. Yeah, exactly. That's great. And there is a lot of deeper work here. So I do want to recommend quite a few other podcasts. You're going to have them listed in your show notes page. I've done a pod on forgiveness. I've done one on blame, blaming other people that could be really advantageous for you. And then, you know, another element of this deeper work is cultivating confidence and self-worth. Like I said, if you're always in that place where, oh my gosh, it must be me because I suck because yeah. I'm shitty. Yeah, yeah. I'm always the asshat, <laughs> you know, <laughs> that is probably a self-worth <clears throat> issue, a confidence issue. I'm going to link to pods on those as well. And then finally, I want to just make a mention about if you identify as somebody who's a highly sensitive person or you kind of raised your hand like, yes, that's me with that empathy, massive compassion, this is about a separation of your compassion from responsibility. So it's when somebody is like, oh my gosh, just in the throes of it, they really needed your support or needed your help for something. And you have this compassionate pull for them, but you also recognize it's not my responsibility to always save them or to be the hero or to cancel my plans in order to help them. There is a difference between being compassionate and empathetic and taking responsibility for everybody's hardship. That may be a perfect journaling exercise for you. Take pen to paper and go, where do I let my compassion for somebody interrupt what is my responsibility and what is not? Hmm. Or cloud my visibility of what my responsibility is. That is a good journal. 
Because there is a way to go, oh my gosh, I'm so sorry that that is such a challenge for you or that you don't have somebody to help you move. I wish I could be there for you. Unfortunately, I'm not available. You can decline because you value yourself and what you have planned already. And you can be super compassionate for that person. You can feel for them. Both of those things can coexist. Yeah. You do not have to be a doormat. I love that. All right. So I am hoping that that has been helpful. And just a little bug in your ear too. These deeper elements that I've talked about, cultivating the confidence, self-worth, really being able to rectify forgiveness for yourself and for other people, separating your compassion from responsibility. That's what I do in my one-on-one work. And it's also what we do in the tribe. Yeah. And tribe doesn't open again until, fuck, like July. But it's something you might want to think about. It is a really comprehensive, lengthy program that I take people through to really unearth this deeper component that we're talking about. Yeah, It's the podcast I think of as a lot of Band-Aids and a lot of great solutions to get you through. And the tribe and kind of like a deeper work there is more like fixing your nutrition from the inside out so you just don't have ailments anymore. Yeah, you don't need of. any Band-Aids. You don't need any braces. You don't need any support structures, you are healthy from inside. I look at that like a flu shot for most people. You know, you can take a flu shot to, you know, introduce a bacteria or a virus to your system, right? And then build your immune system to fight that. Right. Or you can, you know, eat good foods, take good supplements, drink a lot of water, get good sleep, make sure you're keeping your stress levels down. All those kinds of things help organically build your immune system. You don't have to put something alien into your body to get that result. That's right. right? It's the same thing. Absolutely. So if you, you know, get to that point where you're like, dude, there's so much deeper shit here. Think about the tribe. It could be an awesome opportunity for you. Anyway, sending huge love to you guys. And we will see you around these parts next week. Here's to loving and living your most badass life. Mr. And Mrs. Smith out. Out.